podcast coming right at you it's gonna be awesome okay i got sean mccorkle on my man big sexy bellator star ufc star a man who beat mark hunt the legendary mark hunt in under one minute he'll be here as well as james vick will be calling in okay james vick is awesome uh i want to thank our sponsor santa cruz medicinals they got potent cbd infused coconut oil olive oil mct oil vape pens and more it's gluten-free Vegan, paleo, and sugar-free, lab-tested. Okay, it's made in Santa Cruz, California, so you know it's good. Go to scmedicinals.com, scmedicinals. I'm telling you, I use this stuff. They have CBD-infused clay masks, okay, uh, with French green clay, real organic lavender. Your girl will love it. You'll love it, okay? It's perfect. They, 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 they have CBD-infused Popcorn. Yeah, you could use the uh, uh, get a tablespoon of coconut oil and uh, put it on your popcorn. All right, when, you, when it's when it's movie night, CBD infused salad dressing. Okay, their salad dressing is a perfect way to get CBD into your routine. Yeah, you're eating healthy salad and you relax. This stuff rules. Also, speedweed. Listen, people, marijuana is legal in California, and there's no reason. You have to leave your house or your apartment or wherever you leave. They will deliver it to you. Don't. Don't, uh, you know, sit there uh, online at the dispensary like it's Black Friday while the guy tries to pick up the bud tender who's cute and you, you're there all day and you spend gas. and It's a whole, it's a pain in the ass. No, get it delivered right to you. Yes, go to speedweed.com or follow them at Speedweed. Mention Roasted. You get $10 off orders of $100 or more. So uh, definitely check it out. The guy Gino is a great guy. We're going to talk to Sean McCorkle right now. Hello, Sean McCorkle. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, just living the dream. It's not my dream, but I'm sure somebody's <laughs> dream at some point. So we we are talking to UFC former UFC uh, stud guy who beat Mark Hunt in 47 seconds, uh, Bellator veteran, now retired, big sexy Sean McCorkle who beat Mario Pujanowski by uh, Kimura, who's fighting this weekend. By the way, do you know that? Uh, yeah, I do. I think he's fighting another strong man guy, uh, from what I've heard. So I wish him the best of luck. It's kind of hard for him being the second strongest man in the world after I took that title. <laughs> yes, but, yes. Um, it, uh, yeah, I declared myself the new world's strongest man after I beat him. He didn't like it very much. But uh, no, I wish him nothing but the best in maintaining his number two spot. Weren't you wearing a T-shirt with your face on it? Or with his face on it? No, I, I wore his T-shirt to the press conference, and they asked me, uh, they asked me why if I was fighting him for the rematch. Am I wearing a shirt with him on it? And I said that sometimes I forget who the second strongest man in the world is. And I like to look down and be able to tell who it is right away. So now, was he the str- um, was, was he the strongest guy you ever fought? Uh, I wouldn't say. I mean, strongest, but not functional strength um, necessarily. Uh, so Paleli, when I fought him, he felt like a, a gorilla. Literally, um, it was a nightmare. Um, but as far as uh, I mean, I'm sure he's overall extremely but as far as knowing how to use it, you know, functionally. Um, no one's ever been stronger than Tom Erickson uh, as far as, you know, functional strength of a guy. I, I didn't fight him. I trained with him all the time. Uh, that's a joke. I mean, he, he beat up me and Matt Mitchell at the same time. One time we tried to jump in. That was, uh, 
he's a monster. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Pujanski's definitely strong. He's no joke, uh, for sure. If he'd have started earlier, there's no telling what he could have done. Right, right, right. Um, now, do you miss fighting? Do I miss it? No. No, I miss uh, I miss being in real good shape, um, and I miss uh, – I mean, there's parts of it I miss, but overall, I never really uh, enjoyed it that much, man. The uh, stress – Everybody's afraid. They can, everybody can lie and say they're not, but everybody's afraid before a fight. It's a, you're afraid of something, being, of getting hurt. Or mine was always fear of embarrassment. You know, like I was always terrified. I would luckily beat Mark Hunt in my first fight and then get a, uh, you know, a co-main event slot in one of the biggest pay-per-views ever and completely shit the bed uh, in front of 70 million people, which is what I did in my second fight in the UFC. <laughs> like completely gassed out 90 seconds. Uh, so, you know, I was always afraid something like that would happen. And turns out I was right. So the fears were well warranted. I don't think you shit the bet against Stefan Struve. I think that uh, nobody looks at that fight and says, oh, that's, that was an embarrassing performance. I mean, especially a guy like Stefan Struve, who has a win over Stipe Miocic. Uh, you know, in the top 1,000 embarrassing performances, no one will even put that in there. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was just embarrassing because I, I was really getting paid for that, and I literally didn't sleep the entire week, just the stress of it all. I kept thinking... You know, I got to do uh, I got to do something here because I had a real pathway to go um, in life before that. And Dana White uh, told me right before I walked out, he said, "If you win this, it'll change your life." He said, "We're gonna make you a superstar." I mean, literally, as I was walking out to the cage, I was like, "Great!" Because I didn't have enough pressure already. So um, you know, it just, I completely just couldn't sleep out for stressed out, and it's not Dana's fault, obviously. It's my fault for not getting sleep. And I uh, I went to the cage with this so if you take anything, you'll test positive for, you know, like I want to take Promamine, which is a, you know, an anti-motion uh, sickness pill that I usually take when I fly. Uh, I was going to take that because that'll make me sleep. They told us at the, uh, when you check in, they say, if you take anything um, at all this week and don't disclose it, you'll be suspended, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't, I didn't understand how it worked back then. That all you had to do is tell them you had taken Promamine. I thought it meant you weren't allowed to take anything. So I was just, didn't take anything to sleep. I literally slept probably five hours a week of the fight, an hour to an hour and a half a night, and uh, was completely gassed out uh, as soon as the fight started, really. Just was not uh, was not there physically. So. so what are your thoughts about like a guy like TJ Dillashaw who got popped? We don't even know what for. He just said he, he got flagged. I mean, and then, you know, my, my thoughts were always like steroids were guys for guys like Pudzianowski, you know, or to make you stronger. Right. But this guy lost 10 pounds. Arguably, right. looked the worst I, he's ever he's ever I looked. Be, uh, I would be shocked if he if he got it. I mean, to take steroids down in the UFC, you have to be an idiot because it's really real, or you have to have a really really good doctor or uh, you know someone doing a chemist doing it for you. But um, to do it now, the chance of getting caught with as much as they test you are almost guaranteed. You know, but it's also completely out of control. The uh, I mean, they've got guys testing positive for stuff that aren't even performance enhancers. Like I think Chad Mendez tested positive for some sort of medicine for psoriasis. Like if that. If that stuff is helping you fight, I've never heard of it, and I've never heard of anybody, you know, else, um, you know, um, doing it to perform, enhance the performance. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And now you got the whole John Jones mess, where if you've taken them before and they're still in your system, I guess now you're clear to continue taking them. Like it's just, it's just insanity. I wish steroids were allowed in all sports. Uh, personally, I think it, uh, I think it would be better all the way around if they would just test guys at fight time and be like, you're allowed to have a certain amount of total testosterone at fight time or fight week or whatever, and then. Um, you know, I, I went off testosterone allegedly while I was in the UFC. Um, I was actually prescribed it. I was on TRT before I was even fighting, and I was afraid I would test positive for you know steroids or LDL's testosterone. So 
I actually went off of it. The official stories I went off of it the whole time, what I actually did was just switch to testosterone propanate, which has a uh, three-week uh, detection time, and I uh, just took it um, while I was trained, didn't take it three weeks before the fight, you know, so I was still really low on testosterone going into a fight, but it uh, it's not healthy. I mean, these guys, so you saw what happened to Vito Belfort's body, and Chael and these guys, when they go off of TRT without any kind of post-cycle therapy, or post, you know, like TRT therapy, it destroys your endocrine system, you know, so... It, uh, I was smart enough to know how to beat it, but uh, I also was never tested the entire time I was in the UFC. So I wish I was taking more things. Um, you know, uh, truth be known, I didn't ever, I never got tested even once or anything. Yeah, one of my one of my funniest interviews I've ever seen was when you were you told the kid, "This is going to be whose steroids are better, mine or his?" Against yeah, Jazzy. yeah. <laughs> I said because I know we're both running, so let's just got. Yeah, I had a feeling he had better access to him, even though I wanted to fight. But I said one death to fight, even though I won the fight. Um, yeah, he, uh, his were probably better than mine overall. I was only taking at that time. I think I was only taking testosterone and HGH. HGH is a wonderful thing. Why? Um, I wish I could still afford it today. It, uh, that is the fountain of youth. So I've heard. Well, well, no, but why is it wonderful, for real? Um, why, why is HGH so wonderful, for real? Uh, it, it, man, it, you don't, I mean, you feel like you're 18 again. You don't get tired as fast. Uh, I don't mean like cardio-wise. I mean like your body, your muscles just don't get tired as fast when you're training. You can go uh, longer, sleep better. Um, you know, injuries heal like you get a bruise; it's gone in a day instead of a week. You know, it just uh, it takes about six months uh, for it to really start, you know, affecting your system. But uh, when you're taking the legit stuff, like not this Chinese stuff that people say they have all the time, but if you're taking the legit stuff that's from a pharmacy or from a uh, doctor, you know, like it is, uh, it is amazing. It's, uh, I mean, your, your skin looks younger, your wrinkles go away. It's just uh, everything. Every time they take my blood work and the doctor. It's so funny. They always say, man, you have the blood work of like a 20-year-old kid. It's amazing. You don't have any signs of aging at all. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why. But so, I kind of do know why. It's, uh, or I assume it's when I was taking HGH. It helped out a lot because they, uh, I've never been a big drinker or drug user or anything like that. So I don't um, – I shouldn't have a lot of damage to my organs, but um, they always can't believe the, you know, um, my blood work. And I, I attribute that, or at least I think so. <laughs> so so what, are the, what are the negative aspects of it? Uh, if you have cancer, it'll make you die real fast. I've heard that. Um, but you, you're supposed to get a cancer screen before you start taking it. It can make cancer cells grow. And uh, the guys, I mean, you've seen pro bodybuilders that get a big top belly that, you know, their stomach's sticking out real far. That's because their organs are growing actually inside them um, from taking HGH. And if you take too much, you can make your organs grow. It can make your bones grow. Uh, but there are, um, you know, there's signs, there's warning signs on any of that stuff. Like if you were taking too much, let's say, for example, I might have taken too much at one point trying to find out where my sweet spot was, and I started getting tingling in my hands and feet um, 24 hours a day, and then uh, I talked to my doctor about it, and he said that's so I was taking too much, that the um, that, that'll start to make your cartilage grow, which will start touching nerves and making you feel tingling in your extremities, you know, um, or whatever. So that's one, you know, one warning sign on how you know you're taking too much. Um, just if your head gets any bigger, that's probably a warning sign. I don't know that mine could get any bigger, but... Uh, if my head was to get any bigger, it, uh, you know, that would have worried me. But um, that kind of stuff is permanent, too, those growth changes. So, um, you, um, I mean, you can even see with uh, Bigfoot Silva, not that he was taking HGH, but whatever his uh, whatever his tumor he had, I think, was making his pituitary gland, gland, uh, gland excrete a bunch of HGH, um, you know, naturally. And so it, like, you know, exaggerates your features, make your hands and feet bigger, stuff like that. So if you, if you overdo it. Um, there's a guy, your buddy, Rich Piana, you know, your buddy, Rich Piana, I saw you took a picture with him. Yeah. Uh, he's got a whole thing, uh, he's got a whole thing on the YouTube where he talks about the dangers of HGH, that he used to wear a size 11 or 12 shoe, now he wears 15, 
Um, you know, his hands got bigger, his, you know, head got bigger. Well, well now everything. he's dead. So, I mean, 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 I think, uh, yeah. I think HGH will be as common as in a hundred years as NFL is now. You know, I think all the rich people already take it, you know, all the people, celebrities, uh, in Hollywood. I, I heard about it, uh, when I took my ex-wife to get her boobs done in Beverly Hills because she had to have the best doctor in the world when I used to have money. But I took her out there in 2005, her 2005, and the uh, doctor out there that did her boob job was telling me about HGH. I'd never even heard of it, and because uh, he was, was that Dr. Ray guy, that the fruity guy from Dr. 90210, that show, he a uh, Brazilian guy. He looked like he was about 22, and he was 46 or 48, I think. And I said, how do you feel looking so young? He started telling me all about HGH. So he was like that, and he uh, saying that you know, everybody else in Hollywood does, too. Now, um, do you think now John Jones claims he has no idea what he, what he took? He isn't how it got in. Do you believe that he 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 was ignorant uh, to the steroids that were in his body? Uh, that one specifically, maybe. I don't, I don't think there's any way he's never taken anything before. Um, I heard, unless I'm misinformed, but I heard him and his brother tested positive for the same damn substance, which I would guess they're working with the same guy if that's what they were doing. But um, I don't think now he's taking anything because of the scrutiny he's under. I don't think we were that good at fighting. He really needs to take anything. That would be overkill. Um, you know, but it's, uh, I don't believe the tainted supplement thing. I'll never believe that. Um, you know, somebody taking a high-grade pharmaceutical and putting it in your protein powder, like probably not, you know. But um, as far as the one he's testing positive for, that's not really one that I've ever even heard of or that anyone would use. So that's a, that's a strange strange thing um and you would think i mean i don't know um i don't know John Jones, but you would think he would have learned by now but every time he gets in trouble you would think he would have learned last time you know so um but i just don't think uh i, I don't know man i just i don't think i don't think if he was taking anything um that it would be at a level you know the, the levels of detection that's not going to improve your performance you know help you out mentally as far as giving you a little bit of confidence but at those levels it's not going to improve your performance and make a difference and he can't get out of anyway you know so he doesn't need he doesn't need that. But now the way they're testing, that, uh, that, that testing is really, really hard to beat, you know, uh, the testing they're using. It's, uh, I know guys that have been tested three times in the same day, you know, by uh, the water or whatever it is. I know guys have been tested three, literally three times in the same day. They come back, you know, once and then two more times. So you're not going to you're not going to beat him, not for very long anyway. Now, you're one of the you – know, obviously, you're a good friend of mine. You've been up to my wedding, my birthday party. I, I love you as a brother. I, I, I was very concerned about you a lot of times because we would hang out, and you would be in so much pain that you were ta- – yeah. you told me you were taking 30 painkillers a day to get for your back. I mean – Yeah, I was uh... – I'm probably the only non-drug that had a thirty percent in a day, um, you know, at, for an extended period of time. It was uh, my back was so bad, man. I can only equate it to a migraine headache, but in your back. And it was every every doctor told me I was a drug addict or insinuated it. Told me crazy, it couldn't be hurting that bad. So I went to that doctor, uh, Doctor Peter Welling, in uh, Germany, the same guy that Kobe Bryant went to, that Adrian went to. Dana White's actually one that sent me to him. Um, they got me in there and I went there and he told me I absolutely should be in a massive amount of pain, you know, based on my, uh, blood work and based on, uh, the way everything looks. And they did, uh, I had severe, severe problems with my L5S1% joint, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, I did that therapy that, uh, it's called Regenicine where they take your blood out and reshoot it back in you for six days straight and, uh, I thought it, I thought it didn't do me any good for the first two weeks. I was broken hearted. I paid about 20 grand overall to have it done. And I was broken hearted because it didn't seem to get any better. And then, uh, after about two weeks, I was considerably better. Like I woke up one day and it didn't hurt as bad anymore. And 
got considerably better ever since. He said it will only last two to four years, and it's been right at two years, I think, since I went, uh, almost two years since I went. So I plan on having to go over there again at some point here pretty soon because um, I never want to go back on the, the pain pill thing. As it oh, my God. I honestly was like, hole, I was, I was. That's, uh, there's no end to that. The, the, the more you take, the less they work. And it's just, it's never ending, you know, it's just, uh, but then, I mean, I was a bad enough pain. I should have been in the ER when, when I didn't take them. You know, I mean, I had to go to the ER if not. So it was, it was an endless cycle. It was crazy. No, and I, and I know, I remember thinking to myself, this might be the last time I, I ever see you because I was like, there's no way this guy is going to, and, and it was really, I was, I, was, I, was, I was gutted because I'm like, I may not see Sean ever again. I mean, I don't understand how he's going to take 30 painkillers. And not to mention the Ambien you were taking to go to sleep. I can't imagine how many of those you were taking. And you were still fighting. Yeah, was, and you were, and you're like, I got to yeah, fight yeah. in two days. I'm like, I'm, I was like, Sean, like you can't walk across the street. We're going to Canner's Deli. You cannot. You're in pain across the street. You're like, yeah, but Roy Jones called me and told. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Roy Jones calling you. <laughs> I did say no to Roy Jones. That was my hero. I, and then and then I and then I'm you're like I'm like, have you trained for this fight? You're like, I did about ten minutes on the on the treadmill two weeks ago. I, I go what? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, that was bad news, man. That was uh, I um I was off I was with these opportunities. It was just too much money at the last minute to tear up, you know. So. Um, they would offer me too much, and I would be like, uh, I mean, I'll do it for 30 grand. Like, I went and fought this Satoshi Ishii in Japan for $30,000 um, on 30 hours' notice, except they didn't pay me. They only paid me 15. And they said they said the, 15, the other 15 later. And I was like, okay, well, I took the flight on 30 hours' notice, spent 26 of it on a plane, and you guys are going to pay me 30 grand. And, uh, you know, I was like, that's before my back was terrible. It was still bad, but not terrible at that point. But uh, I thought thirty grand. I'm a lot bigger than his white heavyweight. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I go over there and got poked in the eye early in the fight and submitted. Wish I wish it would last longer. I wish I would have done better. But I literally got poked in the eye. It was something I could do. I couldn't see. And um, the video's out there somewhere where you can see me get poked. But I was on the ground, got poked, couldn't see, and he got me in a submission. And uh, then they didn't pay me more money. So I would have done it for fifteen. I didn't even want to do it for thirty, but I thought I had a decent shot of winning at least fifty fifty and for thirty thousand bucks. And it's in Japan. I was like, I'll do that, you know, or whatever. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was a rough way to go there for a while, man. It's uh, that, that that thing like that. I wouldn't wish that. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I wouldn't wish it on most people. <laughs> uh, there's a few people I might wish it on, but uh, it was uh, uh, the worst. I mean, the worst thing I've ever had to go through in my life. It was uh, for about three and a half years. I mean, literally just unbearable pain, twenty four seven. So um, it was uh, nothing I ever cared to go through again. That doctor's a genius over there in Germany, and he's a lifesaver. Uh, Dana White was the guy turning on to my own hand. Uh, Dana's actually, did I tell you my really cool Dana White story? Yeah. I did or didn't tell you? I can't remember. No, no, no. Out, well, uh, tell it again. Bubba McDaniel. Uh, Bubba McDaniel's little boy was, um, yeah. we're glad he was neutered. We're not sure exactly what happened. They're still waiting to press charges on a guy, but I don't know exactly what, but Bubba McDaniel's one of my really close friends, and uh, we were trying to get a GoFundMe for him, and I hit Dana up, and I'm not, I'm not super close with Danny. You know, and I talked to him maybe once or twice a year. And just asked him if he could put the GoFundMe on his uh, Instagram. Didn't expect anything. Didn't ask for anything. I know he has people asking for. I was him asking for tickets. Like I don't like to bother him or ask him for anything. Um, hope he doesn't get mad that I'm putting this out there. But I asked him if he would mind putting the GoFundMe just on his Instagram, you know, or Twitter because he's got so many followers. And he said, "Well, how much are they short?" And I was like, uh, "Well, I think if the goal's 35, I think we have eight. He goes, "Well, I'll just give you a check for the rest." And uh, he saw my secretary call you. I'll just give the rest. What 27? And I started laughing. I said, "Well, don't send it to me. I don't want." I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got it, you know, whatever. I put him in contact then with Baba. But for Dana, to, I mean, Dana knew Baba from the ultimate fighter, but it isn't like he he didn't know him anything. Didn't know him, but for him to just get him, you know, 
$27,000 without even thinking about it. You know yeah, I mean? no, Dana's got, got, got a, Dana's got a huge heart. Short and has a secretary call in 10 minutes and they got to set up. I thought that was an awesome, awesome thing to do, man. That's the thing about Dana. You know, Dana's got a huge heart and he doesn't like, he's not like going to help somebody out because they're going to do something back for him, you know? Right. You know, he's like, if he likes somebody, he likes somebody, whether they're homeless or whether they're the, you know, president of whatever records. He's, he just, that's the thing about Dana. You know, Dana's given me, I mean, who the fuck am I? Like the best seats in the house when he could have given it to anybody, you know, just because Dana, and because I, I like make him laugh. You know, Dana's a good dude. Uh, uh, I, 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 I like Dana. Dana. Dana's a friend of mine. And, yeah. and when it comes to stuff, like, obviously, you know, Dana's a good dude. Now, you, you, I mean, there are so many funny, Sean McCorkle stories. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Um, from, huh. I, I mean, sometimes just following you on Facebook, there was a guy that was like hitting on your ex or harassing your ex. So you put his phone number out, and then you like went to his driveway and tried to fight him All or right, something. Yeah. Uh, what happened? What yeah. happened there? No, this is Jimmy Parsley. He, I met one time. And I only knew it because I knew his baby's mom. I, that's how I knew who he was. And met him really high to him one time for two minutes. And uh, he, we were friends on Facebook, and I would constantly see him post pictures of him and uh, David Beckham next to each other, like they look like each other. He looks like retarded David Beckham, maybe. You know what I mean? Like Kevin right. Beckham, his brother with Down syndrome or something. Like he doesn't look at all like him. And um, he's constantly putting that. He's constantly hitting on any girl I know, like nonstop on Facebook, which I don't care. You know, I'm my business. I have a girlfriend. But he would to go around telling people, hey, you know Sean McCorkle? He's my best friend. He would tell people that. So his girlfriend was kind of vicious, and they got in a huge fight. And so she said that she was going to sleep with me in order to pay him back because that would really hurt, I guess, if your best friend slept with your girlfriend, even though I didn't had never met her and wasn't interested and um, you know had only met him once. Um, and so instead of blowing it off or instead of just contacting me like, hey, please don't sleep with my girlfriend if she tries to, he hits me up and starts threatening me. He knows that my kids go to school. This and that. If I touch his girlfriend again, and I was like, "Dude, number one, I've never met you. Number two, don't ever talk to me like that again." You know, I said, "I don't know you, you know, or whatever. I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't know your girlfriend. I've never met her. Keep me out of here, you know, white trash stuff. You know, I don't know anything about that." And he started threatening me. Yeah, wait till I see you. And I said, "Well, where are you at? I'll just come to you right now, and then you can do whatever you're going to do. You know, we don't have to. We don't have to wait. I'll wait till you see me." He said, "I'm at home." I said, "What's your address?" And he said he would shoot me. I said, "Okay, well, I'll bring my gun too, and I want to see you shoot me when I come to the house. What's your address?" And uh, he gave his address, so I drove there. So I was like, you know, I get there. He's standing out front with his two daughters, hiding behind them. Um, and he calls 911 when I pull up to his house. I get out of the car. I'm like, you're calling the cops? Like, I thought you were going to shoot me. What's going on? And he starts saying, don't. He's, he's talking to the talking to 911 on the other end. He goes, what's that? You're going to rape my daughters? Is that what you said? What's that? You have a gun? You're pointing at me? You're going to kill me? Start saying all this ridiculous stuff. Well, I was smart to be filming the whole thing without him knowing. I was just holding my camera in my hand, um, you know, filming him. And so he, uh, so he goes, he starts saying all this and he, uh, they end up, he calls the cops on me. I left for the cops came. I said, okay, you're not going to fight me. That's what I thought. Yeah, I'm see me, so don't leave me alone. Don't talk to me anymore. I leave three weeks later. I get a uh, notice from the uh, court appearance that I've had filed, you know, charges stuff against me for uh, intimidation oh. and um, harassment via computer network because I was, I was posting his business was saying that he ripped someone off, you know, online, which I thought was funny. And uh, so I got things for intimidation. I tried to call the prosecutor. He won't talk to me. I didn't know it was a, against the law for someone to be afraid of me, but apparently it is. And uh, so I hired a real expensive attorney, and uh, she basically just sent the video and um, our Facebook messages to the Photoshop Facebook. 
So we sent the actual ones in the video, and they dropped the charge. It still cost me like three thousand dollars. Uh, um, now, was it the, the was it the same judge? So was it, ever since then, I've just been uh, getting back on the internet, pretty much. Was it the same judge? That, remember your 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 ex that like started reading your text messages? <laughs> no, that was a different one. That was awesome. That was, <laughs> that was no, that was uh, yeah. When uh, I was in divorce court, that was great. I was in divorce court, and. Uh, they wanted me to bring any my I, my ex had tried to bring uh, old emails or text messages where I you know called her a bitch or called her stupid or whatever. So my um, my lawyer said I need you to bring other stuff that proves that she isn't one sided. That she's also being hateful when she talks to you, you know. And uh, I was like, okay, well no problem. So I searched through my emails and I found one where she said uh, my ex wife had told me why we were still married or going through a divorce. She goes, you think just because you have a huge dick you can have any girls you want? That's not. <laughs> the way it works, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so my lawyer told me to highlight the hateful thing she said, so I made sure I put that one on top, and that was highlighted, and she had to read it out loud in court. He said, we're going to make her read it out loud in court, but he didn't know. My lawyer hadn't looked at the paper. And so he puts her on the stand. It's like, would you mind reading this for me? And that was the one that was on top. And so um, she kind of looks at it. She goes, I have to read this? And the judge says, yes. And she says, and he goes, who is this talking? My lawyer asked. And I asked, who is this speaking? This is you speaking to him? And she says, yes, he goes, and what did you say? The highlight section. And then she says, just because you have a huge dick, you think you can have any girl you want? And I'm like, yes, it's on the public record. In her expert witness opinion, I have a huge dick. Oh, so, my God. That was, uh, <laughs> so if you search my name somewhere 100 years from now in the court record, uh, hopefully that will correlate. So, speaking, of, speaking of your huge dick, uh, your, your girlfriend is adorable. She's such a sweetheart. I mean, yeah. especially, when you guys aren't, yeah, especially when you guys aren't fighting. Um, but, 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 which is always, but, but she's like five foot two, like, and, and you're now probably what, like three twenty. you're six, six. How, how does that work? Like, do you just put like the head uh, in there? Like, how does that work? Uh, it, it works out great for me. I don't know how it works out great for me. So, um, have you ever right. been, have you ever been on top once? Uh, maybe <laughs> there's different options. You learn to get creative when you're as big as I am. It's, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, it works out, but uh, usually, you know, probably better for me than her. Right, um, right, of course, of course. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's that's the case in all situations, in all relationships. But now, um, now what yeah, are you... no, that's, uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know, I don't know the other way. So of I course. was a virgin when I got married. I was, uh, I say that virgin until I got married the first time because I was raised in church and raised the right way. So I was uh, a really good guy. I went to church my whole life, and me got married at nineteen. Was a virgin, and then. Uh, had a woman that I'd been dating since I was eight years old, ruined my life. Right. But, um, I still came back out on top, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, well, not on top because she's on top. Uh, now, one of your <laughs> now one of your friends is having a really hard time. R. Kelly. Uh, yes. What, what's going Kels. What's going on with you and Kells? <laughs> have, have you talked to him since the whole documentary? I have not. I used to. I used to prank text him all the time. as a guy named Tron, two thousand thirteen. <laughs> And uh, he was, uh, I just met, I met him one time, just as a joke. I thought it would be funny to meet him, and I knew a girl that knew R. Kelly. But uh, like he came in, it was uh, at his studio, which apparently is some sort of den of iniquity or something. I don't know now. But yeah. um, I was at his studio, and uh, he came walking in. I was, I was hoping he'd be in a store. Hold on. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Hold on. Like, now, let's explain. Why are you at R. Kelly's studio? Uh, well, I knew a girl that knew him. It had been one of his music videos before. She hit me up one night and said, hey, R. Kelly's having a party. you want to go to it tonight? Right. And I was like, is, he, is it like a, like a release party where there's going to be a thousand people? She goes, no, it'll just be him and a bunch of girls that look underage, and that's about it. So it's I, it's I, a release I, party, I, I but, nobody, but like nobody's yeah. being released because they're all hostages. 
Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be a, it won't be an album release or people release party. <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, I go. Uh, I went there. And it was just a bunch of people doing cocaine, which isn't my thing. I kind of just like, all right. He shows up two hours late. I was getting ready to leave, and he wasn't dressed like Soro or anything. It was so disappointing. He was just in a Chicago Bulls like sweatsuit and uh, smoking a cigar. He came in way happier than he probably should have been, given his circumstances. But he was uh, he was all happy, and uh, he. Um, at one point, we're sitting there. They only play R. Kelly music and videos at an R. Kelly party, and he's got a bartender who charges you for drinks, which was awesome. Like it was awesome. They're charging me ten dollars a drink. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Because I mean, like it's just as it's just like being in someone's living room, and they're charging right. you for drinks. I was like ten dollars a pop, and so um, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden the music stops, everything stops, the lights come on. It was like the night was over, party's over, or something. You know, when a club closes. And all of a sudden, R. Kelly's like, "Man, what happened to the music, man?" Or something like that. Right. And. Uh, all of a sudden, some girl, some girl uh, starts with white kick, starts singing, I believe I can fly acapella for no reason. <laughs> and uh, it got really, really awkward because she was very off key. And uh, she goes through the first verse, and we're looking at each other. There's only like 20 people that were all looking at her. And like, why is she doing this? And then so she gets to the end of the first chorus, and then we're all like, okay, cool, that, that awkwardness is over. And then she starts the second verse. Like, <laughs> I, I start singing that. I was like, this is too good to be true, man. And yeah, so she starts singing the second verse, and then also the music came back on. Everything went back to normal, but it was uh, that was an odd night, man. That was strange. It, uh, they, uh, he, I went over to meet him, and he goes, and his he two bodyguards come up. Hold on, we got to see if it's okay for you to approach Tims. They said, and I was like, oh, okay. And uh, he goes, no, oh, it's okay. He said, come on over. He said, they say you're a fighter, right? And I said, uh, sometimes I don't really, don't really want to be. Right. He said, just don't hit me. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I think he said what I'm saying. All right. But he's like, you know what I'm saying? Don't hit me. And I was like, uh, no, it's cool. I said, I only hit people for money or if they show me even the slightest bit of disrespect. <laughs> and then him and his two bodyguards kind of like looked uh, at each other, you know, like we're kind of confused. And then uh, I sat and talked to him for a few minutes. And uh, I uh, I asked him how he stayed looking so young. And uh, the truth is he probably drinks the blood of children or something. But at the time he told me, uh, he goes, because he asked how old I was for some reason. Because I said, I remember when your first kid came out. He said, you drink that old. And I said, no, really. And uh, he said, how are you? At the time, I think I said the 36 is me. He looks so young. And I said, yeah, it's HGH, you know. Apparently, that's all I talk about. But I said, it's HGH. He goes, ah, I started laughing, you know. And I said, how do you stay looking so young? And he was like, like, how do you stay looking so young? And he stops, and he looks off into the distance and gets like a gleam in his eye. And he said, I just stay on stage, nigga. <laughs> and I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever heard in my life. Like, that was apparently, that's the fountain of Jesus, staying on stage. Right. And I'm allowed to say the N-word because he said it, and I was just quoting. Of course, of course, Chris. So, so then, uh, so then, yeah, but then, so you amazing. got, but you got his phone number, and then you were texting him, pretending you were someone else, right? Yeah, because he gave me his number, but I never, I never told him I never gave him time. Like, I never texted him, so I would just text him on my phone all the time, and, um, uh, I would just text him like this guy who was trying to hook him up with girls because the girl I knew told me if you if you approach him with a girl or about a girl he's always he's all ears you know um, so she said he'll always respond if it's about a girl so I would be like hey uh, I got this girl that's trying to meet you you know what I'm saying and I would sign I would sign everything Tron 2013 because it sounded like the kind of guy that would hang around R Kelly I don't really know what it means but every time I'd have a tagline Tron 2013 and so. Um, and I would send a picture of a girl that was obviously just off the internet. Like I just pulled a girl up off the internet and he was like, all right, give it a number dog. And so one time I actually Googled girls who R. Kelly would think is hot and would like to meet. And so oh then it's got search results for girls who R. Kelly would think is hot and would like to meet. And I was it like the Olsen twins and like, that's so Raven or like, was it like people like that? 
Was it like the yeah, art? It was like blatantly like uh, it was. It, you could read that it said Google search results for girls. Art Kelly would think it's hot. <laughs> like to meet, and then it, I just like a couple of girls. And I was like, yeah, this girl I was texting. She's the third one in the right. He's like, all right, cool. Give her the number, dog. We'll hook up. <laughs> like he didn't. He didn't even notice that someone was <laughs> pretending like I was just googling girls to send him. And he, it was uh, in the snapshot. It was actually in the shot. It was the Google search was in the shot. It was actually like you actually. Yeah, you could see. Yeah, you could see it said. Yeah, you could see it said Google results for girls. Art Kelly would think it's hot. Like to meet, and then it was like a picture. It'd be a picture of like 10 different girls, and I was like, she's the third one down on the right. Uh, and uh, he was like, all right, cool, dog. Hook up the number. We'll hook up later. That but, is uh, so it funny. Was, uh, it was awesome. He, uh, yeah, and then if I ever got tipsy, I would just give his number out to people randomly and have him text him. It was really funny. <laughs> you also wanted yeah. to find – I remember you tried to uh, collect money from that. I actually saw that guy at a comedy show, the guy who's uh, like the instant millionaire guy. Did you ever get money from that guy? The guy who makes those oh, videos? Uh, Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez, oh. yeah. Yeah. I went to his house. I actually went to his house. They said they never heard of me. Okay, so, okay, okay. All right, all right. Let's let's start this. So, Online, so let's start this. So, Ty Lopez, yeah. everyone knows, is the guy. You put on a click on a YouTube video, and he, he's reading a book in his mansion and a, as a, like a, a Ferrari. And he says, I read a book a day. I started off, I was homeless, and now I'm a, a millionaire, right, or a billionaire. And, right. I, and then you he called. He tells you how he made all his money, but he's going to tell you if you give him $69 a month. $69 a month. And then you called him on, on, his, on, his, on his bullshit, right? Or his well, alleged I, I bullshit. I told him, I said, hey, uh, I just sent him on Twitter. I said, I can't figure out why, if you're so rich, why is your house rented? And why are, those, why, are those, why are the cars rented too? Like if that's, if you're so rich, like why do you have to rent stuff for your commercials? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, that house is rent. I know that house, man, I know enough about real estate to know a 16-bedroom house in Beverly Hills. It's <laughs> not a fort. There's no way. It's got to be a $30, $40 million house. Yeah. Know? And so um, he was, I hadn't even looked the house up. I just knew there was no way he owns that house, you know? And so he was like, I'll bet you $100,000 cash, like that was supposed to scare me. I'll bet you $100,000 cash that it is my house. I do own it, this and that. And so all I did was I watched his video for a second. He said, yeah, his house has 16 bedrooms, 13 bathrooms. So I just searched um, Los Angeles real estate for it. Like Google Los Angeles real estate for rent and put in minimum of 16 bedrooms, minimum of 13 bathrooms. The house came right up, short term LA rental, you know? Yeah. And it was the exact house in his commercials. It was rent for rent daily, $1,500 a day if you wanted to rent it. So I'm sure, I assume he just rented it for a day or two, filmed his commercial, you know, and moved out. And uh, he, um, or just used it for the day, you know? And so I sent it to him online and said, well, there's your house for rent and it was active as of today. So unless you're the one running the house, because you're not the owner listed, so unless that's not your name, Ty Lopez, is, unless your name is Gary Miller or whatever name is on the owner's thing, then you just rented the house from your commercial, and it is still for rent, so you only heard those notes. And so uh, he tried to start, but he said, you said, and the cars, like he said, uh, you know, this and that. He, uh, someone told me he was on Logan Paul's uh, podcast the other day, and he talked about it and said that he leases the house. He doesn't rent it, so that's why he doesn't owe me $100,000. And uh, so a lease is even worse deal than renting it because you're locked into it and you don't get to keep it. But, right. Um, he, like I said, someone told me, I'm not sure, but someone told me Logan Paul had asked him about that situation and said, did you, do you rent that house? Because somebody said you're renting. He's like, no, no, it's a lease, which means you don't own it. You know, like right. you said you, owned it, you don't own it. But he, um, yeah, he's full of it. He starts, I actually went to his house when I was out there to go either to your wedding or we did something. I don't know what we were doing out there, but I went ahead and went to his house while we were there and I buzzed the front buzzer and said, hey, it's Ty home. And they were like, Ty who? I said, okay, I said, we don't know who that is. And I said, oh, he said he owns his house. And they were just quiet, you know? Yeah. And I went around in the backyard and tried to get in, but the house looked vacant, so I'm not sure. So how, how's your physical right now? I mean, I know that like you, I know, I know you got pretty heavy. 
Are you are you, are you working out? Have you have you lost some weight? How do you look? I'm trying to, man. I'm you know, working out since my back um back was making it really hard on me, man. But I'm trying to uh, trying to get back in shape, getting ready to go on spring break with my little boy and his friends. So um, that's the plan. But uh, yeah, I man, it's rough when your back hurts like that. Man, there ain't much you can do, man. It ain't yeah, it of ain't course. No fun. I need to get. Uh, I need to, um, I've been talking about, I'm, I'm working on, I want to get a podcast. I kind of want to get a video podcast, uh, started up, but I want to get, uh, I've got a couple of goals. Like first I want to get in decent shape, you know, uh, if I'm going to do a video podcast and I want to get some decent guests lined up and then I want to weasel my way into being friends with Jim Logan and then see if he'll, I'll threaten that I'll fight again and that he'll try to convince me not to and instead he'll just give me a whole career, uh, in podcasting and t-shirts and like a show and everything because I've heard that worked before for Brandon Shaw but I'm not sure. This sounds very familiar. This just sounds, uh, I, I can't see into, now, now, now Brandon, now listen, Brandon Shaw, uh, I actually ran into, I actually ran into Brandon Shaw the other day. He, he was nice, talked about uh, being, being parents and stuff and we were backstage at the comedy store but, you I, like you don't like you don't even like Brandon Schaub. Uh, I'll just put it out there. No, um, not a fan. No, not, he started too. So. He started with you, right? He was like he start something. Yeah. He got mad. I um, actually a couple things. He got mad because him and Matt Mitchell were going to talk trash back and forth. They make a deal that they're going to trash each other on Twitter. Matt tells me, "Hey, I'm going to give you my Twitter password. Feel free to go off on Brandon Schaub." It's going to be cool, you know. And Matt, whatever's cool, doesn't matter. He's fine with it all. So I just lighten him up, you know, like right off the bat. Um, he says something about Matt's wife, something really personal about Matt's wife. So then I get even more personal, and I started really doing it. Before I knew it, the story is that Sean McCorkle stole Matt Mitchell's uh, Twitter password and was doing what happened at all. Yeah. But uh, that was the story, and then so Sean was mad at me, and he was talking shit about me in interviews. Dude, you're gonna be mad at me. I didn't hit him on, you know, Twitter. You're mad at me. I didn't do anything. I, I was part of it. I was asked to do it, you know? Of course. And so uh, we were out trying out. You remember we tried out for that, uh, or did audition for that Spike show that never took off? Yeah. It was gonna be like Talk Point Over Fight video. So we were out there, and then Brian Callen show up. Callen, nicest guy ever, funny. Yeah, I'm talking to him in school. Shop will even acknowledge my existence on there. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, someone asked him about me another he doesn't say much or anything. Uh, I'm watching Joe Rogan one day. Someone told me that they were talking about me on there. Tim and Joe, you know, Rogan's like, yeah, well, cool, man, he's a really funny dude, this and that. And you could see it was like shop. It was like if your dad was, was talking about how well someone else did it. And he's not talking about you. Like, if you can beat the same one, he's like, man, your food did really, really good. It was just devastation on Shaw's face, you know, or whatever, like, oh, that was pretty funny, too. you know, whatever, like, that's what he's like, yeah, I guess he's, yeah, he just, anyway, he can change his subject real quick or whatever, he didn't want to, God forbid, give me any shine for even a minute. So, no, but here's, um, here's the thing, though, uh, Sean, like, you're hilarious. I mean, you are one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, like, funnier than 99% of the comedians that I've known. Your writing is really good. Like you're just a funny person. You're charismatic. I, I think you could be twice the comic that Brendan is. Like, like for real. Like, uh, but you, but you have to put the work yeah, in. Uh, but you have to put the work in. I mean, yeah. I mean, he. Right. I mean, the thing about Brendan, you know, like I've never seen a stand-up comedy, so that I, like I've heard about it, yada yada. I don't know about it, but he does put the work in. You know, he's at the comedy clubs. Right. He's working on his act. He's traveling. So you, you can't knock a guy who's who's putting in the effort. It's when people don't put the effort and get the success. Yeah, we can go into, well, you know, should he have a Showtime special versus should I have a Showtime special? There's a lot of shit that you could go into, you know? I'm not going to go into there. I'm talking right. about, but, but as far as you, like, 
if you actually did the shows, you would be killing it, though, man. You're so funny, bro. For real. Like, legitimately funny. <laughs> If, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I just, God, I don't, I don't, I'm worried about the travel, man. And just, uh, I don't know. You know how I am about getting in front of people. I can't stand it. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't like being on stage or being in front of people. That's, that's actually scarier to me than fighting. It's fighting, you know, just like knowing what to do. Like, uh, I don't know. I tried it once. I, I've thought about doing it, but it just, it isn't about the money for me. Like, I would enjoy doing it, I think, if I could make it, but I just, Man, I don't know. Just in front of people. It's a fear of failure, I guess, like anything else in life. The fear of failing, like the fear of bombing. And I know everybody's got a bomb. It's like when you start MMA crew, you know you're going to lose at some point. You right. Know, like, you know, at some point, you're going to get beat up and lose and the embarrassment of it. But the thought of bombing to me is terrifying for some reason, which is so stupid because I've already been as embarrassed as you can possibly be on national television, you know? Um, and you also went, you also but, like had like a, an event where you invited all your ex-girlfriends. You had a pillow fights or something, and then you went up there right. and started listing every girl you slept with, right, in the, in the middle of the ring? <laughs> well, I named a few. Mainly what I did was uh, I called out the commission, and I said I wanted to thank them for them helping me out, getting the show going and all this different stuff, and just wanted to let the commission know that I took steroids the whole time I was fighting, and there's nothing they can do about it now. <laughs> I thought they would think that, like, people would think that was funny. Yeah. And it was dead silent. I said that over the microphone, and it was dead silent. Like, 2,000 people at my show just stared at me, and I was like, well, this must be what it's like to bomb. And then after your show, <laughs> after, after you beat Mark Hunt in Indiana, didn't you give a finger to all the people who bet against you? Uh, yeah, I had actually my own friends that bet against me. That, uh, even bets, like, you know, even money betting against me, which... I mean, it was probably the smart bet, but I couldn't, like, I could never bet against Matt McGrone. If we were, if he was fighting, I could never put my money against him because then I would hope he would lose, you know? Right. And I could never be in that, uh, that kind of position. But yeah, I found out several of my friends who were betting against me, betting my other friends against me. You know what I mean? If there's no way I could win. And, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was really funny. I, I enjoyed rubbing it in people's faces probably more than I enjoyed, you know, the actual winning or whatever. Just the fact that everyone had told me, like, I was convinced. I, I didn't know that everybody thought I was crazy for thinking I would win. I was convinced I was going to win until the first time he hit me. And the first time Hunt hit me, I thought, sweet Moses, man. I could have passed up and uh, was shocked at how fast he was. You know, um, which I guess I should have been, but he just, I just didn't expect him to be as fast as he was and moving as fast on his feet as he was. So the second time he hit me, I thought, you know, I may be in here with the wrong guy. Like, I, I don't know right. if I'm doing the right thing or not. But up until that point, I was thought it was easy. I'll just take him down so him real fast. You know, I just pretty much ran through everybody in training, didn't think it'd be a big deal. And I was, I mean, training with decent dudes, but I mean, I, I didn't think it'd be nearly the speed it was, but, uh, yeah, I guess, um, uh, after I fought him, I can understand why other people thought I would lose, you know, or whatever, even though I won quickly, I was losing the fight until I submitted him to losing badly. You know, so, well, didn't I, and, was, uh, and doesn't your kid refuse to play your character in the NBA, in the uh, UFC video game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was an awesome story. So they, I, I was so happy to be on video game just because I thought that'd be awesome for my son to have your dad on a video game, you know? And so, they send me the copies of it. They send me the uh, uh, THQ or whoever made it. Sent me copy for PlayStation or Xbox or whatever, 360 when it came out. And so uh, first day I get it, I bring it in. I tell my son get it loaded up. I go upstairs to make a phone call because uh, I get better reception. I cut back down, um, and he's playing his Cain Velasquez versus me, and I'm just getting murdered. And I'm like, come on, little dude, you got to push. It. I'm telling him the buttons, you know, look on the books. You got to push A and B to get up. You got to do this and that or whatever. He goes, uh, Dad, I'm Kane. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? He was only like eight years old. I was like, wait, what? You're Kane? And he was like, yeah. Um, he goes, he has like the 99 on everything. And he goes, no offense, but you're ready to suck on him. <laughs> and I was like, wait, so you're playing against me on the game? He's like, Dad, you're like the 82, Kane's the 99. And I was like, all right, buddy, no problem. And so, uh, it's, uh, yeah, so. 
that's uh then i got paid two thousand dollars to be on the game i lost all interest and never played it again i literally have only played it one time ever when i got my uh residual test that day it was only two thousand dollars i i couldn't i thought i was getting 20 to 100 you know from everybody i talked to wwe and had talked to other people that had gotten you know been on video games before like yeah i know the nfl guys all get about fifteen thousand apiece oh. uh even the, the fourth string offensive line they get fifteen thousand dollars from that you know so I figured 10, 20, 30 the minimum, and then thought, oh, maybe do 100, because that's what WWE guys get, 100 to 150. Each for the video game, and I thought, well, if comparable sales, maybe we'll get that. But yeah, when I got a $2,000 check, then I called Miguel Torres, and he said he only got 1500 and I felt a lot better about my 2000 Wow. Well, listen, yeah, Sean McCorkle, we got to have you on all the time, dude. Now, what, what's a what's a, what's a day in the life right now from Sean McCorkle? Like, what? I know that like, I know that you own your house and you own your car and you live in Indiana. And you told me that you don't work. You were like retired. Uh, you, 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 made, you, you made a million dollars, but you lost a million dollars. Then you made money. Then you lost money. Then your ex-wife took all your money. It's like, it's like you're like a fucking Lifetime movie, but for men. Um, <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> like, like, what do you do all day? Uh, today I woke up. Let me see. Um, today I woke up and I made my CIA picks. Um, so I was working on my bracket and then I went to the store to grab uh, something to drink. I went and grabbed a, uh, Gatorade and then, uh, then, uh, I don't watch any games today. That was pretty much today, but no, it's not like I don't do anything. Man. I spend a lot of time. I didn't get to see my kids very much the first, uh, six and three years of their lives because I was working when I had my business. I was working literally 80 to 90 hours a week, every week. I didn't take a vacation for six years. Um, had a real big business I was running, so I never got to see them. So. When I was able to uh, spend some time with him, I spent like this summer, my son's about to be out of school. I'm taking him, well, he's going to be out of school after tomorrow. I'm taking him and three or four of his friends to uh, Florida for spring break. Uh, I'm going to take them down there for 10 days. And then uh, we spent a lot of time working on his basketball during the summer. Spent a lot of time with him. Um, and I've got some stuff. I invest in some stuff here and there. Uh, make some money here and there in the old business I used to be in. Sometimes I used to ship uh damaged and new electronics and appliances and equipment out of the country to Mexico. I had a recycling company, long story, but I still make some money here and there doing that. Like I'll, I'll have, uh, you know, ends with companies like Sears that I used to deal with and best buy stuff like that. So occasionally I'll work on something like that, some, some stuff to my, you know, export some stuff out of the country. But when you're, I mean, when your house is paid off and all your bills are paid and my utilities are paid a year or two in advance, um, I mean, how much money do you really need? You know, I don't have any bills. So, um, it's like, uh, I eventually, you know, I was working promoting for a while. I was managing fighters for a little while. And I still get guys fighting. You know, I've really done that. Uh, getting fighters fights. But uh, I wanted to get real big into promotion. Uh, and There's just no money, man. There's just, you know, why is the best? So one time it's the losing money business. And that's really, I mean, they're making all the money. They said everything you're going to make. And uh, if we're on a show, uh, an average show, you could clear $10,000, let's say, uh, on a weekend on the show. They... They take about eight to twelve of it now, depending upon how much they charge you for different things. So uh, everything you would have made before goes directly in now. I put on three different shows, all three shows. Uh, two of them I lost uh, about ten thousand the first time, about six thousand the second time, broke even the third time. And I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not doing all this work just to break even or to lose money. Right, right, right. So um, I was managing guys for a while till no one wants to fight. I made the mistake of thinking other guys were like me, but I, I mean I've got guys who. Are one or two fights away from the UFC, so I get them a deal to fight for two thousand dollars, and they want more money. They're like, I, I want, I'm worth more than that. And I'm like, to who? Like, I, I don't know. Who do you think? Like, you, you're fighting in another state. Like, no, you're not selling any tickets. Why do you think you're worth so much money? We have a favorable opponent. You know what I mean? They're going to bring you in. They're going to pay your travel and two thousand dollars. 
I won't even take commission, like just to get you to the UFC. You know, like, well, you keep your thing, let's do this. And guys just don't want to fight, really. That's the, that's the problem I kept running into over and over again. Nobody wants to fight. They want to talk about it. They want to pretend to be a fighter. They want to. When I got cut by the UFC, man, I, um, I fought six times in seven months at one point, just trying to get, I was fighting for as low as $1,500. I just want to get back in the UFC. So if I could get a favorable matchup, an easy win, I knew I was never going to make a, a living fighting on the local shows. You know, like I, that's not how it works. So I had to get back to the big show. And that was my goal, you know, to get back to the big one. And uh, I won six fights in seven months. They still didn't want me back. But, um, you know, at one point I was 18 and two trying to get back in the UFC and couldn't, uh, had only lost to seven through and Christian Warcraft had a win over Hunt and, and won six straight, all in under three minutes, and uh, couldn't get another shot at heavyweight, which I thought was weird. They brought a lot of guys back, like Tim Haig and uh, guys. I mean, my friend Dave Clinton, I think, went one in five in the UFC. Um, or the, they, or the one guy, or the one guy Chris, Chris Tersher, they brought him back like 50 times. Yeah, some guy. I just said, hey, Joe Silver liked him, and he was a good guy. I think I just, he told me when they cut me that the uh, risk wasn't worth it. You know, I don't know what that means. And he said, well, you just say so much controversial stuff. And, you know, it's only a matter of time for it. You know, it sets some bad light on us. And it isn't like you're ever going to be the. I mean, he didn't say this, but more or less, like, yeah. you know, I have the gist of you're not going to be the UFC's heavyweight champ, most likely. So, you know, like with, with you saying stuff, you're not going to ever say that that's anything horrible ever. Like, it's all to be funny. Like, it's never intent to hurt anybody. You know, like, it was all supposed to be funny. So. It was funny. Um, it is funny. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're hilarious, bro. And your Matt Hughes book review was. The greatest thing it's ever. Still legendary, yeah. It's, people still talk about that more than they got me fighting the UFC. I was uh, when I first got my deal with the UFC. It was so funny. I was in Chicago trying to get into a club, and this guy's like, "Oh, Sean, you don't have to wait." And I thought, "Man, how's this guy? This guy must be a super UFC fan." Because I didn't know I hadn't even fought in the UFC yet. I didn't you know now I was in. And then I come walking up, and he was like, "Man, that Matt Hughes book review was amazing. <laughs> underground baby, and tells me the underground hand sign and bouncer lets me in." That's well, that, that, that's what Rogan. When I was with you, and Rogan wanted to talk about that. Rogan had all these questions about that. Remember, we saw Rogan at the Ice House. I completely couldn't hear a word you just said. What you say? I said when we saw Joe Rogan at the Ice House, that's that's all he wanted to talk about was the Matt Hughes book oh, review. Oh yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was all meant to. That was back before. That was before I had only fought I think once or twice when I wrote that. That was just meant to be a parody, to be funny, and uh, it took off. Man, I thought they used to back in the day they used to ban the underground where they were blocking their band about every week because I would say something they didn't like, and so if it, you weren't allowed to fire bash on there. So I reviewed the first couple chapters of the book, just made two or three line quiffs on it, you know, I figured, oh, they're going to delete this and ban me anyway, but then I saw the moderators like, please give us more, and I was like, okay, well, apparently they like this, so that's when I really started putting some time into it, and may or may not have added a few few instances that weren't in the book, I don't know, I don't really recall, it's not too fresh, but I may have, uh, well, may have souped it up a little bit. Well, if, uh, if my um, if, if my TV show gets picked up, by the way, uh, Pin, you're going to have a part in it. You actually did come to my wrestling practice one time, and I told all the kids, if they fuck around, they got to wrestle you. That was the best. Yeah. That was the best. <laughs> they might have beaten me. <laughs> at, at this point, they might have won. But, uh, yeah, no. It's, uh, yeah, what's your new show? I haven't, heard, I haven't talked to you about it. What do you got going on? Uh, no, I shot a pilot. Uh, I, I, I wrote a TV show about, about – I wrote a movie about you know the mighty ducks of wrestling. I tried to raise money. I only raised X amount of money, so then I turned it into a TV show, and we, we actually shot it um, last weekend. We finished it. So now oh, I have really to edit it. Man. Yeah, so now I'm, now I'm trying to sell it. Um, and if I sell it, I'll obviously have all kinds of characters I got to write. And there's definitely going to be a character for you. 1,000% a character for you. <laughs> I would love it. That'd be awesome. 1,000%. <laughs> well, listen, man. I got I to gotta get to James Vick. But thanks so much, Sean. I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, man. See you later. You're the best. Appreciate it. All right. That was Sean McCorkle. 
Uh, he is next level funny. Um, always have love for Sean McCorkle in my life. Dude is a, he's a good friend, man. He, he's a really good friend and he's a good dude. And he's a, I wish that guy the best, man. He's funny. He's legitimately funny. It's funny because like, just for comedy, man, it's, it's not always the funniest people that are comedians. Uh, that, that it's the people that stage fright's a bitch. But, like, there's a guy that if he actually just did it, I think he would be successful. He's got the, the mind for it. He's got, the, he's got to slow down a little bit talking, and that's coming from a guy who talks really fast. But he's a really good writer, and he's fearless, and he, he, he's funny, man. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's quick. He's on it. He's on it. So we're calling James Vick. I think I screwed this one up because I waited too long because McCorkle... Um, but we'll see. We'll see if he picks up the phone. Uh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. We'll try him again. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm calling the wrong number. Okay, here we go. Thank you for listening to this podcast, by the way. If you guys enjoy it. Tell everybody. I, I love hearing your responses on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, sometimes when I do Instagram Live, you guys are like, oh, I love your podcast. But I like it when you actually say it too because then I retweet it and we get the word out. There's just so many podcasts right now out there. Everyone's got a podcast. And um, you know, the more people that talk about your podcast, the more people go, oh, wait, what are they talking about? Uh, I want to be involved. And it's just like the key to marketing i guess or life is to get people to feel like they're missing something fun let's uh please leave your oh, come on or... james let's see. this is my fault this is my fault this is my fault let's see if he picks up the phone here we go what's up people march madness is upon us it's another huge month in sports across the nba and ncaa there's only one place to get in all the action that's betonline.ag support our podcast by going to www.clnsmedia.com forward slash winning and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign up bonus. That's CLNS50. BetOnline.ag is your online sports book experts. In the NBA, the biggest matchups this week are the Celtics versus the Hornets, as well as the Hawks versus the 76ers. And with plenty of excitement and drama happening on and off the court, you don't want to be left on the sidelines. Go where the action is at betonline.ag. Go there now. Yes, go where the action is because CLNS Media and BOL are offering you a 50% sign-on bonus. That's 50% by signing up at clnsmedia.com forward slash winning and using our code CLNS50 with your first deposit. Yes, Go to clnsmedia.com forward slash winning. Use promo code CLNS50 for your 50% sign-on bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, guys. I got to talk to you about CBDMD, all right? CBDMD is USA Grade A Premium CBD. Okay, it's organic. It's grown in the U.S., processed in the U.S., non-GMO, gluten-free, and vegan. They sent me a box of this stuff. I've been taking these CBD gummies. Oh, it's amazing. I feel so relaxed, less anxious. They have CBD dog treats I give to my dog. He's, he's, he's been more relaxed than ever. And, and when he's excited, he's happy. He's jumping around like Air Bud, all right? 
and CBD helps support or achieve relief from a multitude of everyday ailments, including stress, anxiety, inflammation, and sleeplessness, okay? They only use 100% organic hemp grown, and they process at their farms and facility in the U.S. It's gluten-free, vegan certified, okay? And their CBD oil tincture drops are also non-GMO. They use a broad spectrum CBD extractions through independent third-party laboratories to guarantee the highest of standards. CBDMD is committed to providing the best in CBDs. They stand behind this, okay? They got an easy-to-use service. It's free shipping, satisfaction guarantee, and U.S.-based customer service, all right? In addition to the natural flavor option, they offer a variety of all-natural awarding-winning flavors, mint, orange, and berry, and each variety provides just a hint of flavor to leave your taste buds satisfied. And their comprehensive line of products includes not only the gummy bears, which is what I take, capsules, an all-natural sleep aid, topicals, bath bombs. My wife loves the bath bombs, okay? And human-grade pet products and vape oils, all right? Now, they're, listen, they're offering a free, unique offer to our listeners over at MMA Roasted, okay? Go to www.cbdmd.com. Enter the code ROAST at checkout to get 20% off your order. I use this stuff, okay? Definitely check it out. Some uh, exclusions apply. See the website for full details, all right? And these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, all right? The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, okay? Check it out. Hope you enjoy. Sexual performance issues, way more common than you think, okay? It's not good. One out of four guys suffer from ED, but it can be treated. Yes, today's your lucky day because Hims is a wellness brand for men. You've heard us talking about Hims, and if you haven't yet, get on board and stop struggling with ED. Because why do guys turn to weird solutions or to do nothing? They can instead turn to medicine and science. Getting older sometimes means certain parts of the body might not be working as much as they should. So start revving that engine again with ED treatment from Hims. Forhims.com. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Listen, don't get defrauded by online sketchy marketplaces. It's hard made easy. Being your best means performing your best, okay? It's been featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, and Playboy. Listen, the first month is just $5. We'll get you started for just 5 bucks while supplies last and subject to your doctor approval. Restrictions may apply. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash MMA Roast ED. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash MMA Roasted. Forhims.com slash MMA Roasted. What's up, people? Robinhood is an investing app. It lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started. So you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You can view easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. How great is that? You can also view stocks collections, such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moments to invest. And Robinhood is giving listeners of MMA Roasted a free stock like Apple, 
forward or sprint to help you build your portfolio. So sign up at mmaroasted.robinhood.com. What's up, people? Most subscription boxes are full of samples and junk you'll never use. But not BattleBox. It's the monthly subscription box for men full of solid gear for adventure seekers, survivalists, and outdoor enthusiasts. Yeah, BattleBox is your monthly subscription for hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear. They introduce you to the best products, new gear, and innovative companies at a much lower cost than if you were to buy them individually. Plus, who doesn't like to get a package full of mystery adventure gear? I know I do. I love it. So go to trybattlebox.com slash roasted and pick the box you want. They start at just $25 a month. Yeah, plus they release a video for each new box so you can see what's coming and how to use it. They shipped over half a million boxes and they won best men's subscription box for 2017, huh? Sign up today and be ready for everything. Right now, our listeners get a free tactical knife when you sign up for your first battle box at trybattlebox.com slash roasted. Yeah, that's trybattlebox.com slash roasted. Get your free tactical knife. Check it out. How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm good. How are you, sir? Good. So are you in uh, Texas? Yes, sir. Nice. So what's new in the life of James Vick? Do what? What's new in the life of James Vick? What's what's up? What's new? Um, nothing's new, really. Just uh, you know, raising my son, trying to being a first time parent. You know, um, dealing with him and um, hunting some when I get a chance, and then still training and stuff like usual. How how old's your son? He's good. He's um uh, he's about to be a year old uh, next month on the eighth, April eighth is his birthday. He'll be a year old. Oh, nice. Congratulations, man. Uh, I have a seven-month-old. It is not easy uh, at all. Does your wife work or does your girl work? Um, no, she stays at home with him, but even then it's still not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded much easier than me. My wife works. I got to be with the baby 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., then do comedy at night. Oh, God. Oh, well, okay. Well, that, well, that, yeah, it's easier, for, it's easier for her, but not for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, does your, does your, your baby, like my, my daughter, if I leave the room, she flips out. Like if I take a shower and put her in the crib, it's, she's like, somebody's like murdering her. Ah, and then I have to like bring her in the little chair while I take a shower and then play peekaboo with the screen on the shower screen. So she doesn't get mad at me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he always, especially his mom. Cause it, uh, so my, my girl breastfeeds. So he's like, just all the time trying to get the titty trying to get the titty all the time yeah <laughs> and then he's in the face you know he's getting in that phase where he's he's starting to take little slow steps so he's getting close to walking and you got to save his damn life every two minutes you know he's about to fall off the bed or something and he don't even you know he, he's oblivious he don't even know what, what, what the danger he's in but i feel like i gotta save his life every couple minutes now i kind of feel in a way that i'm like a cock blocker to my wife's tits like my baby's looking at me like like what are you doing? You're just getting in the way. Ha ha ha! Hey, Mister Nice Guy, get out of my way! I, I want the milk. Do you do you kind of feel that way at all? Oh yeah, yeah. He um uh uh now we've been playing with him. We've been we've been messing around with him a little bit. And um when he uh he starts playing crying for his mom, I'll, I'll grab her and give her a hug and and like and then he runs over there real quick and or he'll crawl over there real fast and he'll try to like lay his head on his mom and try to get between us and stuff. And he gets all jealous and shit. <laughs> oh, like I've literally like had to like get up 
in the middle of the night, my baby, she's crying. And then I take her and I throw her on my wife's tits going, get them. And then, and then go back to bed. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's why I'm, I'm happy. With, I mean, my girl's kind of, uh, she's kind of a, uh, real hippie type anyway. So I'm really glad she, you know, obviously she wants to breastfeed and she's a hippie. So she, um, uh, she, uh, I'm glad she breastfed because it made my life a lot easier. Not having to get up in the middle of the night and do stuff when she, because it's not like I can get up and you know breastfeed. So yeah, but now like her tits are off limits. Like even during sex, I can't grab my wife's tits anymore because either milk yeah, will squirt in my face. Me neither. I already know. Yeah, because because it's you know the milk and stuff in there. I already know. <laughs> yeah, like I, I go right for her vagina because I'm like, there's nothing. Like if, if if I go for the tit, either milk's gonna squirt or she's sore and tender. And plus, like, yeah, it's just like uh, it's just not fun anymore. I mean, it's just it's just not really like the same tits as they were before. I'm sure they'll go back to being that after she's done breastfeeding. But right now, it's just like uh, I don't I don't I don't, yeah, don't want to shoot a load of milk in my face. I'm glad I'm an ass man because uh, uh, yeah, the tits are off limits when when the breastfeeding comes. Yes. Oh, so you're like like you you go right for anal. No, I wish she won't let me. <laughs> yeah, same here. And then there was another guy that she did anal with, but she because she said because he had a, he had a, a small penis, so I always bring him up whenever <laughs> in a fight. I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> she said she felt bad for him, and I'm like, yeah, well, you had anal with. Oh, she's like, whenever she mentioned my ex, I'm like, well, I didn't even. At least my ex didn't bang me in the ass, and it was just it's a whole thing. So you know. <laughs> oh shit! I hear you. So how are you, man? Man, your last fight. I thought you won that fight, or it was it was very close. I thought they could have easily given you that fight. Man, to, to be honest with you, going back and when I was in there, I knew it was close. I'm um, going back and um, uh, and I, I'm not going to be that. It's too close to to cry about, you know. And I'm not going to be. And I obviously didn't have the performance I wanted. Um, uh, but going back, what's in the fight? I 100 percent thought I won the first two rounds. I, I did thought thought I won the first two rounds. I thought in the first round. He basically only landed the calf kicks, which you you couldn't see the damage of in the first round until later on. And he landed that one back fist, but the, but I mean the strikes were pretty much even. He landed I think one more total strike than I did, and he and I landed more significant strikes than he did. So I definitely thought I could have won the fight, but I mean it's too close um, to call, and um, you know I can't complain. You know it's definitely depressing still, but. Um, you know, no, I thought you won, and then I thought because he had like a collapsed lung, everyone's that. Then that became the story, not how close the fight was. You know, which is I mean, guy, guy, obviously, you know, fight. I mean, good for him, but it's like, dude, I was like, wait a minute, I, like I thought that they were going to raise your hand, and I, I was confused. I honestly was confused. It, dude, it, I, 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 I honestly, I didn't think I was getting my hand raised. I'll be honest with you because. In my opinion, and I'm like I said, I'm not going to be that dude. So please don't do no um, uh, what do they call that clickbaits and shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. Know, I'm not. These, I won't. On these won't. stupid ass articles and shit. I'm not going to be that dude claiming I got robbed or whatever. It's it's a close fight, but um, uh, to be honest with you, I knew I wasn't going to win the decision. I mean, you know, he, uh, it, in my opinion, beating Paul Felder by decision, unless I just handily won every round easily. Um, uh, I knew I wasn't going to win. A, let me rephrase that. I knew I wasn't going to win a close decision. To me, fighting him is as good as he is in standings with the UFC and stuff. Fighting him is almost like fighting someone in their hometown. Right. Um, so I had to really put a dominant performance on it. I didn't. You know, it was too close, and um, it's what it is. You know, um, it's depressing for sure, but uh, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, was it was it hard coming off the Gaethje fight because? Were you a little bit gun shy? Were you a little worried about your chin? Were you, were you kind of thinking a little too much in there? Not at all. It was the calf kick, a hundred percent, man. Um, it's the calf kick. Uh, 
this there's never been a move like this. This calf kick is a complete game changer in MMA. It, it really is. Um, uh, these old school MMA coaches and kickboxers, they don't understand it. It's not a regular low kick. And they, it's like they, they don't understand until you've been in there and you feel that. Even in sparring, you feel it. It's, 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 it's a complete game changer. Um, uh, there's never been a move in MMA um, where you can take like a – and I'm not saying – okay, I'm going to say me, you know, me and Felder are on the same level. Obviously, we're very close fighters or whatever, you know, records and um, opponents and uh, uh, everything, you know, even stats when we fought. But there's never been a, 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 a move in MMA besides someone just landing a big haymaker where you can take a, a C-level fighter and they can fight an A-level guy and they can land three or four of these moves and it puts them on level playing field. There's never been a move like this. Right. There's never been, or you could take two A level fighters, and, and one of them can land three or four of these calf kicks, and um, uh, the, the the other guy's a C level fighter all of a sudden because you have no arsenal. It, it takes your whole offense away when this happens. The only options you have, which what I should have did to be honest with you, is I should have just wrestled and won a boring decision. That's just not my nature. I'm a striker by nature, but um, I could have wrestled him, and, and I, I feel like I could have wrestled him and maybe not submitted him because, you know, he's never been finished, but I could have got him down, did some work. He, he probably would have worked himself up a couple times, and I, I could have won a boring decision and, ju and just got the win. Um, but that to me, that's the only two options you got when, when with this cap kick is you have to either wrestle or you have to switch stances. Mm. And I did switch stances, but my arsenal wasn't as good as I, I would have liked it to be from the southpaw. Were you surprised that he could take uh, your punch? Because a lot of people, like you, when you land the punch, it's over. Um, I wasn't surprised because you know, I mean, he's never been finishing. Um, I, I hit him with a solid right hand. Um, uh, but if it was, it was right on the cheek. If I would have hit him probably two inches lower, I don't think he would have took it. If I would hit him directly on the chin, I definitely think I would have hurt him pretty bad. And I think I did rock him once or twice as well. But um, uh, just uh. I, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have a jab, you know, when, you know, my coach, there's so many people messaging me, like, so they just don't understand that the whole calf kick thing. And you see, you see so many people get messed up with it right now. Um, they're like, Oh, well, you didn't get back to your box. And aren't you jabbing? Well, you think my fucking intentions wasn't to go in and start jabbing this dude. And of course it was, but when you know, you're one or two low kicks, uh, calf kicks away from having to set to your butt, you know, you have to adapt, you know? And I just, uh, I, I, that's the first time, you know, I, I've ever not been able to make a mental ad adjustment, like a, the, on the fly the way I should. I should have, you know, I should have found a way to win, to be honest with you, you know? Is that going to be your new thing now, calf kicks? I mean, I I, I saw how, how big of a threat they, uh, how bad they were when when I saw, um, uh, uh, I, when I, I landed on Joe Duffy, and it drastically changed the course of that fight. Um, but if you if you go back and watch that fight, that first round was very close, and he maybe even won that first round. But I landed several of those calf kicks, and come the second round, his whole volume was cut in half. Like, his output was was completely different. He wasn't throwing as much volume. Um, uh, and then, you know, he ran into the big shot, but even last week, Joe Duffy fought again and he got beat by basically with the calf kick. Um, uh, you see, I mean, basically like I said, the only, only thing you can do, there's never been a move like this in MMA. And, and seriously, the only thing you can do is you can either switch stances or you can wrestle or you just go for broke. I think that's what Cody Garbrandt, what happened to him the other day. I think Cody Garbrandt got hurt with the calf kick and he, he, he had already started switching stances uh, uh, before he even decided to just go for it. And he went for broken and he, he paid the price, but um, he, I think he knew that he couldn't take too many more of those. Right, right, right. You know, right. Okay. All right. I got it. I, I, I mean, it's crazy. Every couple of years there's a new thing in, M in MMA where it just like changes the game, you know? 
Um, and this is this this is this one this one. I mean, this cap kick is is crazy because um uh it's gonna be a move um uh it's gonna be a move that's gonna be around forever, and, and people are gonna have to start literally changing their whole game plans around this because I'm telling you, when you take three or four of these, it, it, you're it, it's different. It's it's not like getting hit with a regular low kick. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, that's that's crazy. I, I didn't even factor that in. Now the fights this week. Uh, let's get some of your your, your predictions. Stephen Thompson, Anthony Pettis. Oh, um, uh, I think Waterboy smokes him. He smokes him easily. Um, uh, that, that, that this this fight is, I mean, basically just because Pettis is a former world champion, is the only one he's even getting this fight. Like he, he, I would be shocked unless unless an act of God happens. I think Wonderboy smokes him bad. Have you ever trained with Wonderboy? I haven't. I would really like to. Um, cause I've been really getting into karate. I've been training karate really hard the last year. This Olympic style point karate. Um, I found a coach here in Dallas. I've been training with him. I really, I really am enjoying it. So uh, I would like to go train with Wonder Boy. He's he's offered before. I mean, he's 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 put the invite out there for me when I talk to him and stuff, but just never been able to get up there. Now you're you're by the way you're on a different topic. Your baby mama uh, is that the same girl that we came to like your fights and that would scream real loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When she was drunk, yeah, that's her. Now, and I mean, she looked hot as hell. She had these like smoking little outfits and screaming, or the entire arena was looking at her like, "What?" Now, how loud was she when giving birth? Uh, did the hospital shut down? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't think she was that loud. Um, uh, she fought. She didn't want to get the epidural, and she fought it for like the longest time. And then, right before it happened, she ended up getting it. You know. Uh, uh, but she handled it like a G. She handled it like a G. I was surprised. She's, I mean, she yelled a little bit, but not too bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Now, now, did you did you look? Because I, my wife was like, "Stop looking, stop looking." But I had to look. She like, yeah, she wanted me to look. It was kind of, it was kind of scary, man. When that when it, when that baby's head came out, first of all, I, it looked like an alien. Um, and then and then I thought I was like shit, man. There's my kid's head deformed. What the hell's wrong with him? But I, I wouldn't, you know, I didn't realize that his head's still all soft and yeah. not developed. Yet. Same here. It looks like, like a cone head, right? Like a cone head. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm like fucking. I'm like, was Tito Ortiz the father here? That's that's that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Same thing happened to me. Same thing happened to me. Uh, all right, Curtis Blades, Justin Willis. Uh, I got Curtis Blades. I, I, th- I think he wins that fight. Um, uh, I think he's. I think he's going to wrestle him. I think he's going to win. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, which is the guy that actually uh, his nuts exploded because he accidentally like <laughs> uh, drilled his nutsack. Remember, like on like uh, remember that he accidentally he was, he was like the yeah he was the construction guy and he actually drilled his nutsack by accident. He had the sh- he had the, he had the, the shaggy hair right. Yeah, not super long but mid cut shaggy hair. Yeah. Uh, he's, okay, he's, he's taking on Bobby Moffat. You know him? Good fighter. Bobby Moffat. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's pretty I've good. Seen he's, him maybe, but... he's, he's, out of, he's out of Arizona. Angela Hill, Randa Marcos. I don't know. That's a toss-up. I think Angela Hill's technically more of a skilled striker and probably can also avoid the ground game, but she doesn't have huge power. Um, I'm gonna go. With, I'm, I'm gonna go Angela Hill. Yeah, I don't know. Randa's like one of those weird fighters where I think she's gonna lose and she wins, and then she wins the fights and she's gonna lose. It's just one of those like you know, like just one of those girls that like pulls off fights. And so, all right. So then UFC March 30th, 
Uh, Edson Barboza versus Gaethje. I'm, I'm going to go with Barboza. Um, I think that uh, if he can, you know, if he, if he can um, not, I think Barboza's key is not not just not just going for broke right off the bat because it could be a few rounds because Gaethje's so durable. But um, I think that Barboza hits him clean. And, I mean, Gaethje can always land. You know, he can land that big bomb. I know that firsthand. But um, uh, I think skill level-wise, they're, they're light years apart. I think that Barboza's the most skilled striker in the UFC, but um, he, he can be broke. He can be broke, and he has broke before. So um, I th- it's a matter of Gaethje can, can take that damage before he can break him, and I'm not sure he can. Are you and Gaethje cool now? Um, I know there's some bad blood before your fight. I mean, I, I mean we don't really talk or anything, but um, uh, right. I mean, if I seen him, I'd be like, what's up, and be cool or whatever. I haven't really seen him since the fight, though, or anything. Right, right, right. Uh, Michael Johnson versus Josh Emmett. That's a good fight. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Josh Emmett. Jeez. I think that um, Michael Johnson has been in a lot of wars, and uh, the last couple fights he's had have been very close. Um, the Feely fight was really close and was you know questionable. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Josh Emmett. Uh, then coming up, we have uh, uh, some other good fights. We have, uh, uh, let's see, I'm looking at a fight right now. Between... My, boy, my, boy, my boy Sadiq Yusuf's fighting on that card. March oh. 30th, I'm going, I'm flying up there. I love that guy. He's a good dude. He's fighting Shishema Marias. Uh, Ooh. Sadiq's going to win that fight easily. I like Sadiq's got 20 brothers and sisters. You know that? He's, he's got like seven moms. Yeah, he's from a polygamous household in uh, in Nigeria. He's a, he's yeah, a, he's been my roommate. my roommate uh, when I when I go do my training camps. Wow, six and a half years. Where he's like my brother. Is it hard because he has to call his, all his moms and say goodnight? Like it takes like three hours. You said what? Is it hard at nighttime because he calls his mom to say goodnight to him, but it takes him three hours because he's like goodnight, mom. Goes <laughs> the next mom, goodnight, mom. Um, so uh, Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier. I got Holloway. I got Holloway in that fight. Um, uh, I think they, they're both completely different fighters than they have been um, and than they were in the past when they fought, but I'm, I'm going to go with Holloway. Kelvin Gastelum versus Israel Adesanya. This is a tough one, too. Um, uh, this is a tough one. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Israel. I'm going to go with Israel, but uh, uh, this is a tough fight to pick. Yeah, because Israel's never fought a wrestler, and Kelvin's a damn good wrestler. Um, yeah, Israel has really good hips, and he and, and he has good defense, and he, and he has good cardio and good stand-ups. I mean, you know, uh, I mean Derek Brunson when he fought him, you know, there wasn't much wrestling involved there um, because Israel shut him down real quick, and Brunson's a pretty high-level wrestler as well. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't use it a lot of times. He just he just he's kind of like uh, like Gaethje, where he just wants to go out and like brawl. You know, yeah, he tried wrestling with Israel though, and Israel shut him down like two or three times, and then from there he just got he got caught. Yeah, that was a crazy fight. That I never seen Brunson look so bad. Like that was crazy. Brunson's a good, good fighter. Um, and then if Colby Covington fights Kamaru Usman, who do you like in that fight? Uh, I got Usman all the way. I think um, uh, uh, he's just better everywhere. I think he's more well rounded. I think he's. Um, Better striker, better grappler. I think he wins. Um, do you think? Um, are, you, are you are you a fan of Colby or not? Um, not really, man. I just, I mean, I just, 
I don't think his persona is real. I mean, and I'm not trying to be a basher like the rest, but it's like, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's just, I don't, I don't think it's real just because he, he, he was never like that before. And then all of a sudden one day he woke up and decided to be like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to believe he's always been that way, you know? Yeah. 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 I know. I mean, you know, it's funny about you is that everyone's always like, man, man, Vic's talking a lot of shit for I'm like, dude, that's James Vic. You guys just weren't paying attention. Uh, James Vic doesn't. Well, like I just started talking shit. I bet. I mean, I don't disrespect my opponent. Gaethje's really the only one I've ever disrespected. But I, but I've always been confident and always carried myself like this. I don't, I don't know what the fuck my fuckers think. I just, I just all of a sudden woke up that that way like that. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe, and maybe, I may, and maybe, maybe Kobe Covington has been like that. And I'm wrong. I don't know. But that's just from from the outside looking in, not knowing. That's what I see. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe he has been like that. So, uh, have you talked to Joe Silva or um, Sean Shelby about a next fi- a fight coming up? Any f- for you? Joe Silva ain't been around in five years. Good bro. point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's it. what am I talking about? Maynard, uh, who do you, who do you want to fight next? Have you talked to them? I, I haven't talked to them. Um, uh, they haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking maybe I'll run into them um, uh, in uh, in Philly next week when I go. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll, if I run into them, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I wanted to fight, you know, May or June, um, uh, but um, I was hoping the UFC was coming back to Texas, but I didn't see anything on the on the calendar for them to be coming. So I don't know what they what they have in store. Do you want to move up to one seventy or say fifty five? You know what's funny about that is is so I had the worst weight cut of my life with Gaethje, right? And everyone's like, "Oh, you need to move up to one seventy. The problem is, it's hard to tell someone to move up move up a weight class when they've they've never missed weight and they've always cheated the diet, right? So I cheated the diet, and I had the worst fucking weight cut I ever had in my life against Gaethje, right? And um, I swore to myself, I- I'm not going to cheat again. I said, if, if if I follow the program and it's still this miserable, then I'll move up. So I followed the program, bro. And I had that one. I mean, I guess. There's a reason why I'm paying this George Lockhart this money, and, and maybe I should follow his fucking advice, obviously. <laughs> um, so I followed the program, and I had one of the weight. I probably had the easiest weight cut I've had in five years against Felder. I, I only 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 did two two sauna sessions, or I did I did one sauna session, one bath, and I was on weight the night before before the fight. I mean, before the weigh-in. I made I've never made weight the night before before like that. Right. So I'm like, instead of moving up, maybe I should just quit being a fat ass and changing my diet. You know? well, well, you are like six foot nine. I think, I think that's also the problem. And then you look like the guy from The Machinist when you weigh in. I mean, you look like people are like, there's like flies around you. People are yeah, I mean, sending honestly, you food. I, feel, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But I, I, felt, I, mean, I fucking felt great on fight night. I felt great. The weight cut was the easiest I've had in, in several years, man. I'm, uh and I felt great on fight night and everything. I mean, I, basically, I just got caught with a damn calf kick. Right, and right, that, right. And that said, I still thought I should have won. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Um, oh, by the way, uh, RDA versus Kevin Lee. That got announced. Who do you like in that fight? You know, actually, I, uh, I, I might go with Kevin Lee on that, man, because uh, I think RDA is, um, you know, he's, he's he's been in a lot of wars, and he the one thing he, he struggled with, the only thing that he struggled with, really, is um I mean besides when he got caught by Eddie Alvarez and in recent years that he struggled with is grapplers is is high level wrestlers yeah and um I think Kevin Lee Kevin Lee's gonna wrestle him and I think that uh, we'll see how much RDA has left I mean you know I, I think you know a lot of these guys are you know talking about everyone talks about old people getting old I think it's just more just more mileage than anything of course were you su- um, I think, were you surprised by the way uh, T.J. Dillashaw getting caught. I, um, 
I, I mean, I, I was a little surprised. I mean, I, I mean, you've heard that, you know, the, uh, the rumors before that he was on it and stuff like that from, you know, uh, well, even some of the alpha male guys were, were saying that stuff. And, uh, but if you, if you've been that long in the sport and you've never been caught, then, you know, you know, I was a little surprised when I woke up and read the information. How many guys do you think are, uh, are on stuff? I mean, I think USADA definitely helps, but I mean, to be honest with you, I don't fucking trust USADA. Like, I think they're a joke, too. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, I don't trust them. Like, I literally, because I'm so, I'm so afraid of, like, I just don't like how they can't give you an answer for shit. They say, oh, we will, it, it seems good to us, but, but take it your own risk. That basically is saying, you're telling me it's all right, but if I get popped uh, for a tainted supplement, fuck you. That's what they're saying, you know? I'm literally basically scared to take supplements. I hardly take anything at all. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Because I'm so afraid of I'm so afraid of something happening. Because there has been people that have you know, Yara Romero and Tim Means legit got tainted supplements. That's exactly what happened. Like that, they didn't cheat. That they they legit got tainted supplements, and that was proven. And but that's always on their name. It's tarnishing against their name from now on. You know. What are your thoughts about John Jones? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. I mean, did, did, that's another reason why people think you saw it as a joke, shit like that. You know, I mean, I mean, John Jones is obviously the greatest fighter of all time, but when, when you do two fights in three months and there's, there's still stuff in your system, um, uh, I, I mean, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me, but I ain't no, I ain't no doctor, no, you know, or anything, but it don't make sense to me or, or any, any other fighter I know. Has anybody ever offered you like backstage or like in the, in the locker room, hey man, you're pretty good, but you'd be better if you take this. <laughs> um, uh, no, I've had a couple people in the gym and stuff. Oh, you should take this. But you know what's funny about about about, about a lot of these these performance enhancing drugs that people talk about? I've never really had anybody in the gym, and I and keep in mind in Texas here, I trained at six seven six or seven different gyms back home because I you know I got to drive to a bunch of places to get work. And uh, the only thing anybody's ever said to me about 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 uh, performance enhancing drugs is that they say, oh, man, you should take this. It'll help you recover faster. They've never said it's going to make you bigger, stronger, faster. They say, hey, you should take this because, man, you, especially after injuries and stuff, when I've had a few surgeries, they're like, oh, you should take this. You'll, you'll heal way faster. Any of, your, any, have, yeah, any of the guys that you – scared. But... Yeah. Go on. Go ahead. No, no. Has there any guys that you, that you fought that you, that you felt them? You're like, oh, this dude's on something. Um, I, I, I don't, I mean, not really. I don't know how to tell if they're, if they're just strong or they're on something, you know? I right. mean, I honestly, a lot of the guys that, that I fought, I didn't feel like they were, they were any stronger than me. You know, um, any, anybody that's ever been able to really do much to me in fights, I think it's because like, even from a grappling standpoint, it's because they've been grappling their whole life. Not because there's, because they're way stronger than me, you know, it's because it's because they grapple, you know, they've been grappling since they were a kid or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just uh, it seems like like a lot of times it's like the there's like six guys out of one team that get popped for the same thing, you know. Uh, where yeah, it seems I think like, I think UFC's regretting reg regretting this whole Usada stuff. I really do think they are, but it's too late to go back now. I think. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because they got all these superstars getting popped and shit. I mean, I think you know they would rather just be ignorant as bliss and act like they didn't know if they could go back and change it. Uh, who do you like, by the way, Ally Quinta or um, Donald Cerrone? Um, that's a tough fight too. Um, uh, I like Al. I like Al in that fight. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, 
I mean, I think Al can hit him. Uh, Cerrone does does get get hit with some shots, and I think Al was going to step in, and, and you know, he, I mean, I'm sure he's going to take some leg kicks and stuff like that. But I think the grappling will cancel each other out, and I think it's it's more of Cerrone's kicks versus Al's boxing. Um, it's a it's a pick on fight, but I, I think I, I like Al in that fight. Was was Al a psychopath when you were in the Ultimate Fighter with him too? Was he like? Is that, was it, did you know that there was something off with him? <laughs> No, I was a super cool guy, man. I, me and him were super cool. He was a cool dude. I mean, he did, uh, after he would, I mean, he was obviously, I didn't, I didn't get to train with him. We lived together, but he was on the other team. But, um, uh, we, um, uh, we didn't, uh, like he, so I didn't get to see how he trained and everything, but I did see that, um, you know, I did hear he worked hard and he, he, he grinded out practice and stuff, but then he did like to drink. I would drink and he wouldn't do it, I guess, you know, in a couple weeks leading up to the fight, but right after he'd won a fight on the show or something, he would, he would drink a few and get, get pretty drunk. Yeah. And I, I know people and that I get text messages from him at like four in the morning, six in the mornings, like just cursing them out. And then at like 11, like, yo man, we're good. Right. And it's like, it's from Al. So, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sean Shelby told me, yeah, that guy's bipolar. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, James Vick, you know, I'm a fan for life. Uh, keep up the great work. Be you know, great father. I'll watch all your fights. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, man. Have a, have a great weekend. Yes, sir. Later. Take care. All right. That was James Vick. Just a badass fighter. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. Uh, if you guys shop on Amazon, go to adamhunter.com first. Click on the Amazon banner and then get whatever you want. Uh, you could see me. Uh, I'll be at Reno at the Laugh Factory tonight to Sunday, uh, which tonight, uh, which is March today, twenty first, I think. Uh, then I'm at the Ice House April thirteenth in Hollywood, uh, or in, in Pasadena. I'm at the Black Box Theater uh, in Boca Raton, Florida, April nineteenth and twentieth. I'm at Gotham Comedy Club May sixteenth in New York, Paradise Casino in Yuma, Arizona, June first. The Avi Casino in Laughlin, June seventh. Comedy Cave in Calgary, June 11th to the 16th. Minnesota House of Comedy, June 19th to the 23rd. Then I'm at Off the Hook Comedy Club, July 18th to the 21st. Uh, July 1st to the 7th at the Comedy Club in Stratosphere. That's, uh, that's Fight Week. September 4th to the 8th, I'm at the Comic Strip at Edmonton. And September 18th to the 22nd, the House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. October 21st to the 27th, the Las Vegas Laugh Factory. Uh, thank you all to, uh, to my guests uh, for calling in. My man, James Vick, uh, you are the best. And Sean McCorkle as well. Thank you guys so much. Take care and have a great day. Trap songs and trap dance songs. Tunis songs to hook them door for the land. Tadas told them door for the world.